Good morning, SPJ. Today we have with us one of the founding CEOs of one of the most influential telecommunication companies in the Middle East, Do. Mr. Sultan Osman, in this fireside chat, he talks to us about his journey from being an engineering student to leading Do for 26 years to make it giant that it is today. He also shares his delightful tidbits of his personal life at the end of the show. This is your host Manthan Shah and and Devyanshi Pathar. So thank you so much for joining us today. So we have quick questions with us. The first thing was your journey of how did you start from after education into being a founding CEO of Do. I have uh, an engineering degree. Never worked as an engineer. I found myself almost by accident in a company that used to work in the online information uh, much before uh, the birth of what we call now the internet, this online information. So that was really a discovery uh, from an intellectual curiosity. That was really a delightful years where I was, and I started uh, going all over the world. I became, uh, and I was involved in really not the engineering part. I was in, involved in customer interfacing jobs. I did everything from managing uh, uh, call center, customer service, sales, marketing, communication, all these functions that were interfacing with customers. Uh, that uh, in 1990. Three, the company for which I worked, which was a subsidiary of one of the largest telecom groups, uh, the France Telecom Group, in, based in Paris, made an acquisition of uh, another company in the U.S., and I was sent as president of the company to start, you know, dealing with what was the beginning of the internet, 93, 94, the concept of information highway. There was no link with the mobiles then. I was approached by the mobile division in order to work on uh, finding opportunities in the Arab world, the Middle East, and I started in business development with the uh, agreement that once we manage to get a license somewhere, I'll be in charge. And we managed to get the after exploring, uh, you know, for countries like. Uh, possibilities for mobile services in Turkey, Kuwait, uh, Tunisia, other countries. Uh, I led. I was leading the project for the bid for a mobile, obtain a mobile license for Egypt. We won that bid, and I had the immense privilege of being asked by both shareholders, our Egyptian partner and the France Telecom Group, to. Um, Move to Egypt and start this company. So this is how I became the founding CEO. As CEO, this is how I became the founding CEO of what was called Mobinil at at the time. In 2005, I was approached by the founders of the second uh, telecom in uh, in the UAE to do the same and come. And be the founding CEO for what was to become to become Do. 
So we started working on that before even the license was obtained. And uh, late 2005, uh, the uh, Emirates Integrated Telecommunication Company was created and started operating and, and started in early 2007 because in 2006 we started rolling out the network preparing uh, so in February 2007 we started service uh, under the brand do wow. and that took us and I started as I said in the second half of 2005 and I had the privilege of leading the company as its CEO until uh, the 1st of January 2020, which was a few weeks uh, ago, where, I mean, uh, three years ago, I decided that it would be good for the company to move. The company needed a new impulse, and I have uh, put in place a CEO succession plan back in 2000, early 2017, announcing that uh, come 2020, I will step uh, down and from my role as uh, CEO. Wow. And this is what I happened. And now I am uh, dedicating myself. Well, first, I mean, these weeks, I'm taking a little bit of time off and dedicating myself to uh, preparing for a life of non-executive life, mm -hmm. being in boards, doing advisory roles, uh, mentoring of uh, CEOs or board members and uh, public speaking or s following up on some investments I have in some uh, tech startups in various domains. After uh, 24 years of being a CEO of a company, uh, I think it's a change to move to non-executive uh, roles. It's a different mindset and I'm enjoying it. So were you always a good student? I was a good student. I, yes, I was. Come the time where I started my engineering degree, I discovered naturally that uh, the life of an engineer or working as an engineer was not really what I wanted to do. I learned a lot by having this. I learned a certain method in intellectual approach, but I always say I'm an engineer almost by accident. Mm -hmm. But that helped me a lot in a career where you need to understand a lot about some uh, technological concepts. So in your presentation, you spoke about how the education system needs to change rap uh, yeah. rapidly. So what? What changes do you think it needs? I believe that we need to move from the culture of the right answer, uh, where uh, we're expect, or at the time where I was a student, we were expected to have the answer. In a company, sometime you sit in a meeting and you're expected to have the answer for a question uh, in a corporate life, even in your work life, to a culture of making sure that you have the right question or you asked all the right questions. Because I think framing uh, a problem, framing a situation uh, is a big part of finding a solution. And uh, 
in both in a student life or in the work life, whether you are an entrepreneur or whether you work in a corporate environment in a small and medium uh, business, you need to ensure that you really looked at uh, the uh, problem you're looking at from all angles. You ask uh, all the questions. And uh, I always say, be stubborn on a vision, but be flexible, agile, adaptive on the way to get to this vision, because the world is changing so rapidly. And another headline that I believe strongly in is that the world moved from, for any industry, from a time of unshared certainties. Every industry has its certainties. They lived in silos uh, into a world where connectivity, the tremendous connectivity we have into the things that we are touching in our life is taking us to what I call the shared uncertainties. So we are sharing by construction, but models are uncertain, very volatile, changing very quickly. So we need to adapt to this mindset. So you said that we need to focus on one vision. So while focusing on one vision and moving towards a one vision, people, people face a lot of challenges and on the way they will face failures. So how do you advise for new youth to uh, cope up with these challenges and failures? If failures are of nature that are telling you that this vision is wrong, might be the case, accept it, move to something else. If failures is because the way it was executed, as I said, no, stay on your vision, be stubborn on this vision, but then change the way you are trying to reach this vision. Change the path because things have changed and you need to adapt to this change. But it depends. Is the failure telling you this is the wrong vision? It, it will not work. Or is the failure telling you the vision is correct, but actually you should do it in a different way? That's the learning. Use every failure as a learning. Don't be afraid to fail. So now that you mentor CEOs, what are the top three skills that you think every student should learn at this age to ensure that he would be a better global leader? I'm very proud of something I didn't mention before is that there are 23 people that worked for me and became CEOs over various geographies. Wow. That is something I'm very proud of. So whether I'm their mentor, I'm not, I think one should ask them, but that's something I'm very proud of. To move to the, what every student should keep in mind, I would say, be stubborn on the vision, agile on the execution, Two, always try to imagine the further game, the end game. Try to frame it properly. Test that, that this is the way. Three, and it should be one actually, 
in your leadership there are people so the recipe people 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 always care about the people make sure that they are aligned with the vision drive them along this vision make sure to explain make sure to communicate make sure to take care show them that you are together on a journey you have to be a role model i think these are the the three things that i the three crux yeah also i just out of curiosity i wanted to know your as a job of ceo what was the most exciting thing about it you know you need to have fun uh the most exciting thing i very often repeated in the annual gatherings when you stand in front of 1300 people that are gathered all the employee and you remember that 10 years ago you were you know 10 people around a table and trying to start things to put things in motion it happened to be in my journey in egypt it happened to be here in my journey in the uae and that's probably the most uh, exciting thing and the other front that i just mentioned when somebody that worked for you and made really a path of it in his in his journey is telling you you know something you just transformed my life that's the most rewarding thing you can hear mm. that is something that people respect you for i hope so and sir if there is a whole lot of recruitment happening what are the how do you spot a leader there is i have a methodology is you know i draw a square this is the job requirements and then i put a circle about this person of course when i meet this person and i look at the cv i say okay this person so depending on the phase of the company you either have the square that is much bigger than the circle the circle much bigger than the square so in one case if the square is much bigger than the circle it means that the job is much too big for this person that's a recipe for failure so you avoid uh if the circle is much bigger than the square which means that the person is much bigger than the job that's a waste of talent you figure out if for this job it will not work now if these are really on the borders of each other either the square is a little bit in the internal the circle is in the internal that's what i call a dynamic disbalance which is always an opportunity a person is always challenged yeah. to enlarge his skills and his persona or the square is really the circle is in the inner uh, in the outside part which is uh, that means this is a safe choice and the beginning of a startup i moved to safe choice the guy did it the circle is just at the border of the square the guy did it before i can rely on them i don't need him to develop new things because i can't afford the more the company matures you can afford to have you know the circle inside the square which means you are always challenging every person every leader to develop either his skills technical skills but mainly the leadership skills and you drive that that's the methodology i used 
and every almost every recruitment I made in the last 24 years. So wow. you just start off a company, you play safe, but then what is the right time to take risk? When uh, that right is no no precise answer. There's not after one year to. It depends. You feel in the company that things are going smoothly or not. You're still in a high growth phase. You depending on the challenges. Wow. So in conclusion, we have a lightning round, a short spark of questions, and you should answer the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. So, sir, what is your favorite book? Uh, my favorite book. Oh, my first answer would be the Quran. But there is as well the Prophet by Khalil Gibran. Uh, there are as well. I, so you choose. Okay. What's your favorite movie? My favorite movie is the uh, Godfather uh, Part One uh, by Mario Puzo. Mario Puzo is the writer. Yeah. And then it was by uh, I'll find it. Okay. okay. And what's your favorite investment? Investment? Yes. Uh, my friend, investment is a matter of return. I made some investments in some companies, but whatever comes in mind, my best investment is the one I made in every one of my children Aww. and in my family. That is the best return that you can have. What's your favorite pastime? My favorite pastime? Reading, not doing anything, watching movies, uh, sitting and having uh, lunch or dinner with friends and making jokes and enjoying. What is more important? If you were hoping to have golf, tennis, jogging, sports, no. <laughs> I like to sometimes not do anything. What is more important for you? Your passion to do things or your skill to do things? My passion, of course. The passion to do things. If I'm very skilled but I don't have the passion to do certain things, no, I prefer something where I have not skills but if I'm passionate about doing it. Where do you go to think big? If Sorry? you have big ideas, if you need the time to reflect, which place do you Your go to think? Place, ah, my uh, cafes. I sit in cafes. I sit in place with a lot of people. Like people to and, see the people go? Yeah, people going, coming on uh, sometime a bench uh, in the street and sometime in places I have always in every home that I have whether when I was in Paris in Egypt in Beirut these are the four cities of my life because my journey has been Beirut Paris Cairo and uh, Dubai and I have always a place where I sit and that's the place or even have my coffee and I realize that this is where I have a meeting with myself in the morning out of the major places of travel, which is your favorite one? Which one do you prefer? You cannot answer this question. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, my son told me one day, uh, Dad, when you will not be able to travel because physically he's looking at his grandfather, my, my father, who is not anymore, has the mobility to travel as he used to do. Which one of our homes you will stay in? And I told him, at the time, I don't have the answer, and I still don't have the answer. Oh, wow. Thank you so much for the time, sir. Now, thank you very much for hosting me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in. 
प्लीज लाइक शेयर सब्सक्राइब बट मोस्ट इम्पॉर्टेंटली रीच आउट टू अर्स टेल अर्स योर ओपिनियंस ऑन हाउ कुड वी मेक इट बेटर वी आर सुपर थ्रिल टू मेक इट ग्रैंड एक्साइटिंग मैसेव इंस्परेशनल एंटरटेनिंग एंडसाइटफुल एंड एवरीथिंग थैंक यू सो मच दिस इज योर होस्ट मंथन शाह साइनिंग आउट अंटिल नेक्स्ट टाइम